There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dog's drinking me water. Lenny, I'm flipping out. He's drank half a pint. (laughs) Oh, God. The dog has, like, drank three quarters of a pint of my water. Tom, now I can't hear them. (laughs) <laughs> We're not talking. <laughs> that would that would explain it. <laughs> Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree, making daisy chains and watching all the honeybees. Hey, it's it's a while since we've done one down the line like this, isn't it? I know. I know. It's almost like retro, isn't it? I was technically proficient this time and immediately got through and it all worked perfectly. Oh, Jane, that's good. I haven't even um, switched my audacity on. Tom, you forgot to remind me about that. Well, I've not got my audacity on. My technical advisor isn't in top shape. He's not good. I'm sacking him. So how are you feeling, Essie? I believe that um, you got COVID again. Yeah, yeah, I got it. But Tom's, um, I've got my Heather honey. But what I've realised is that it's not nearly as bad as the last strain. So, So, um, so so Jane. So, 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 so. I'm going to say so more. So, 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 so. So, God save the Queen. It's a fascist regime. <laughs> Did you have a nice jubilee? <laughs> I had a very fascist one. Um. <laughs> I'd made a jubilee trifle because we got COVID, obviously, we couldn't share it in the way we intended. But Tom's comment was it was the best thing to come out of 1,000. 200 years of oppression which I thought was a bit extreme really you know but um, anyway we gobbled it all up between us and it was absolutely delicious so thank you uh, your royal highness did Lenny have any no but he's taken to like stealing stuff he's like a proper he he should be in uh, Oliver Twist he'd be so good in that He's such a thief. He stole a bit of chicken um, chicken bone out of the bin. And I saw him and I said, Lenny, like that. And he, he dropped it on the floor. And then I went to grab it and he snatched it really quick and Did dashed he? outside. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a character, isn't he? He's so funny. <laughs> oh, dear. He really did make me laugh, actually. I couldn't believe his, his like... The quickness of the way he snatched it was just like... It was like out of a cartoon. Did he look a little guilty when he got it out of the bin and you said, Lenny? No, he just actually looked like a naughty boy who just didn't care and, like, ran off. Because if Meg ever did anything wrong, you didn't even have to tell her off. She just looked really guilty and sort of creep off. Mm. She just told herself off, but he doesn't care. He just, <laughs> he just doesn't care. You know, he'll jump on the table if he wants. Well, not jump on the table. He'll put his paws on the table. He's just got no manners, but he is a, a real character. <laughs> He's an oik. He's a real oik. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny the oik. Yeah. Tell me what you've been doing this week, Jane. <laughs> 
Um, well, um, last weekend, the weekend of the Jubilee, that's why I didn't watch any of the Jubilee stuff. I did actually look at the Jubilee stuff after the, the weekend, but on the weekend I didn't really look at it because I was scattering my mum's ashes with my family. Mm-hmm. And we uh, got a tree, a silver birch, mm-hmm. and did it through a charity called Life for a Life, which is a wonderful charity. And you can, um, you know, the area that, where you want to plant your tree, you choose your area, and then they do this lovely ceremony, which is so beautiful. You can plant bulbs around the tree. The money that you pay for the tree goes towards really good causes like hospices or different charities it, 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 it goes towards. And it's just a really beautiful thing to do. So, yeah, we, we, we chose a lovely place in Lancashire, which overlooks a reservoir. It was so peaceful and beautiful there. Oh, Jane. And I read um, a poem that actually you'd given to me called The Dead by Billy Collins, which is such a beautiful, beautiful poem and uh, was really relevant because it talked about parents at the end but it really it really was gorgeous yeah it's so nice we could put it in a link on instagram it's a nice because it's such a nice poem isn't it oh yeah we should definitely put it on the link yeah is it a burial site and um you can scatter your ashes or is it just ashes no, it's not a burial site. It's just ashes. And you, you've got a little plaque as well, which is, is lovely. And you can write your own words on the plaque. I planted, um, when we went to the Bee Trade Fair, the Bee Trade Fair. When we went to the Bee Trade Fair. When we went to the Bee <laughs> Trade Fair, um, which wasn't in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I bought lots of bee-loving seeds to scatter and some bee bombs. And um, the man, Philip, who was uh, orchestrating the, well, it wasn't like a ceremony, but he was, he, it was kind of like a ceremony, but he sort of told us about the charity. And, um, but he was very, very interested in the bee seeds that we got mm-hmm. and Ooh. wanted to get some himself. He was so lovely because he cut out lots of, you know, sort of individual patches around the tree to scatter the seeds. And we all scattered them and... and, and, and um, it was, it was just so lovely. So it'd be really nice to go in, say, you know, sort of a few months' time and see whether anything's come up. It's really lovely because obviously the wildflowers are going to be great for the bees and the birds, of course. And mm. also the silver birch. I know a lot of people think, oh, silver birch, you know, it's not got any flowers on. But it does have the catkins on, which are a yes. really great pollen source for bees and birds as well I think so um, it's a lovely tree isn't it and it's going to be so nice it's so beautiful in the light yeah Mm. and it's it's just a it's just a really lovely spot it was a very special thing to do we did have some individual little pots with the ashes and I thought about scattering some in Brighton in the sea but Mm -hmm. um, I don't think my mum would have been too happy in the sea she wasn't a she used to be a confident swimmer when she was young but she became Mm -hmm. a not so confident swimmer and I just thought well I'm not sure she'd be so easy in the sea (laughs) (laughs) I thought actually she was a Lancashire lass born and bred never moved from Lancashire so it seemed apt that she stayed in Lancashire um so you you've scattered your mum's ashes haven't you Esther yeah, and you know, both of us, we lost our mums, I think it was within two or three months of each other, didn't we? So we scattered our mums' ashes 
at an old mill where she used to play as a child and her mum worked at. So Mm. she lived in a place called Fiskerton. It was a village on the River Trent in Nottinghamshire. And her sister was married to a mill owner and they all worked at this mill. Mm. And it was quite... Amazing, really, because my grandma was always busy with different things. And I think I told you, you know, when she was young, the, the local gentry sort of, they entered her into a competition and she won a beauty competition. But mm. apparently one day she was in a rush to get out and about and she went too fast with the millstone and she actually broke it. She broke the millstone of this mill. In the family history, her sisters or and the relatives always used to talk about when she broke this millstone and it caused her a lot of anxiety. Mm. It was what she was known for, if you know what I mean. So we went back to this mill, but my mum had a lot of lovely memories of it because it was in the countryside and in the old days when the war was on, they had evacuees and it was obviously very busy times at this mill. And it was a rather beautiful setting. And you know that my mum had a bit of a troubled life, especially up until she was about 55. Mm. Um, You know, she struggled with life and she was an alcoholic and she had, you know, lots of mental health issues. And and when I was little, she was, you know, in and out of hospitals and stuff. So this was, was hard to pin like a wonderful memory, a wonderful place for her to... You know, to be... That'd be at rest. Yeah. But mm. she t- spoke to my sister about wanting her ashes to be scattered at this old mill. And and so that's where she went. And it was a lovely thing because we scattered the ashes into the sort of mill. It was almost like a reservoir where the water went and then they released it. And then it, the water then would go into the trench. So we scattered mm. the ashes into this waterway. And in fact, one of my old second cousins still lived at this mill and she said we could scatter it there. And then it sort of went, the ashes were like on the top of the water and and this sank down and there was a couple of swans there. But the funny thing was, there was a big film of like white on the top of the water and my mum did love cream cakes. So it was almost (laughs) like, (laughs) it's almost like all the fat from the, the endless cartons of cream that she'd mm. eaten in her life were still floating on top of the, the, the mill water. <laughs> but the other thing about it, which was so lovely, is it was so nice to just remember it in this most beautiful place. And then we released the little dam with the water and all the ashes went down through this dam and then into the River Trent. And because when my grandma died, she left us some money and then my mum just like went off travelling. And and when she was young, my grandma and granddad often used to treat her to holidays and stuff. So she had a lot of travels and a lot of stories that, you know, she used to tell us. So it was quite fitting that she went off down the Trent and, and into the ocean. And now I'd like to think that she's on a world cruise. Lovely, with her cream cakes following her. (laughs) (laughs) I've also had um, a portrait painted of her, which is in my Mm. new flat in Brighton. A friend of my daughter, Molly's, painted it. And they've done an amazing job. It really is a, a beautiful portrait. So I feel like I've got her with me all the time anyway because she's in she's in my front room. Oh, isn't that... Oh, God, sorry. Oh. Uh, uh. Oh, well, it's interesting that it's had that reaction. <laughs> sorry, I just... 
<laughs> I just knocked back some water. Actually, the, the water that Lenny had been drinking and I just knocked it back and it sort of went down the wrong way. Sorry, Jane. Um, you, you, drank the, you drank the water that Lenny had been drinking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Esther. <laughs> I'm a tramp, aren't I? On my bike ride this morning, I, t- I saw two dogs humping each other. Well, one dog oh. humping another. And actually, that makes me wretch. When I see dogs doing that, and I, I was retching all the way back on my bike. I couldn't well, get rid yeah. of the image. Yeah, just makes me feel so sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, dogs do do that. They don't know what to do, so sometimes they just do that. It's just a weird thing that they do. They haven't got any manners. Oh, they haven't got any manners. There's no love in it. It's not making love, is it? No, just imagine if every time, you know, somebody was like walking down the road and they got a bit like, <laughs> they just got a bit awkward. They didn't know what to do, so they just tried to hump people. Good, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, mm. Jane. Well, I've been trying to grow a meadow in my garden. Talking about meadow flowers. And I know that when you see meadow flowers and silver birches, you'll be thinking of your mum. Mm. And so will I. I'll be thinking of that, that what you've done. But I've been I've been trying to grow a little miniature meadow in my garden. And um, I dug up the turf, the grass turf, and planted the yes. seeds. Anyway, it's all starting to come through. It's not in flower yet because I don't get that much sun in the garden. And um, also I've done one on the community garden, which... I'm a bit more disappointed with Jane because I thought that it would have a lot of perennial wildflowers in that would come back every year. Mm. But I'm not sure that the ones I've planted it is. I think I got a bit mixed up with the, the package and I think I've planted something that's it's going to be nice and showy for this year, but I'm not sure that it's going to come back next year. So that was a slight disappointment. But you can't get everything right all the time as long as the you bees can't. enjoy it. But also you can plant some more next year, can't you? Well, of course, that's it. You know, I think gardening is sometimes hit and miss. And I think that's one great thing about gardening, that, you know, if it goes wrong, you can always give it another go and start again. The next year, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you've got to have patience, haven't you, with gardening? Because I've got a friend Mm. who wasn't a gardener. Um... And she didn't probably didn't have the patience to kind of wait for something to look gorgeous. So she just planted artificial flowers in her garden, <laughs> like artificial roses. Did she? Yes. That's very odd, isn't it? But I mean, mm. yeah, it's an option. Yeah, so that they looked, you know, synchronised. They looked, um, you know, they had symmetry, not synchronised. So she could look at them and they were absolutely perfect. Whereas gardening as we know, can sometimes not be perfect because it does its own thing. It does. But it is amazing, you know, creating something for birds and bees to enjoy. And I'm so glad I pulled up all my grass. I was really inspired by the lady from Highgate Bees and um, another lady that I follow on Instagram called Queen of Seeds. And Mm. um, she did her garden. And And just in one season, you know, by planting all these seeds, it's it's like the garden's full and there's so many different bees in there. I can't believe it. Oh, fantastic. It's, this, it's just 
buzzing with all sorts of different bumblebees and I could go on my own bee safari. In fact, I have been doing. Oh, lovely. I must yeah. admit, you know, having just moved from um, from Twickenham to Brighton um, mm. and, and left my garden, which I built up over the years, yeah. that yeah. was, I, fe- I found that quite sad, actually. Well, mm. I, it was very sad leaving the house um, full stop. But when I looked at the garden, I thought, oh, gosh, I've created this garden over the years, you know, by trial and error, um, seeing what works and what doesn't work and what plants, you know, really respond to my garden. And it, it looked its best when I left it, you know, sort of the roses coming out, the ceanothis, you know, the alliums, the acanthus were just about to come out. It, it all looked so beautiful. Oh, Jane. But you know what? Remember what Alan Titchmarsh said to us, and it stuck in my mind. If you can leave a patch better than when you first got it, you've really done an amazing thing. And actually, that's what you did. In fairness, that's not true, because the previous owners had a beautiful (laughs) garden as well. It wasn't my... They weren't my colours. So I actually took out a lot of their plants because they weren't the colours that I responded to. But they did, they did actually have a beautiful garden and it was really well coordinated as well that thing, things were coming up all the time throughout the summer, well, throughout the year, really. That's such a skill, isn't it? Yeah, so they were actually skilled gardeners and, and I didn't manage that as successfully. And spring was the best period for my garden. But mm. yeah, I mean, it is, it is lovely, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm leaving it better than when I received it. Oh, that's a pain. <laughs> Sorry, I have to. I have to doff my hat to the Littles who owned it before to say you, you had a beautiful garden as well, Mr. and Mrs. Little. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Interestingly, I was, you know, I'm looking forward to coming to see you next week at your garden and I know we're going to do the podcast from there. Well, it's a lovely uh, communal garden. It's very big, actually. Uh, and it's there's lots of lovely little areas to it, little sections to it. It's also got a tunnel which leads under the road down to the beach, uh, which is called the Alice in Wonderland Tunnel. So it's all very magical. And um, I mean, there are lots of flats because it's sort of like in a crescent. And there are lots of flats that get to use these gardens. But they are beautifully, beautifully kept and beautifully planted as well. So I think I'm going to get a lot of, well, I am going to get a lot of pleasure. I mean, last year, I spent a lot of time in there just reading. Can tenants and people get involved in that your garden there? Yes, they can volunteer, yes. Yeah, my neighbour volunteers. 
years. So that is something because I, I did actually bring um, a trowel and some secateurs with me and a kneeling pad just in case I do decide to volunteer, which, you know, I may well do. I think it'd be a lovely thing to do. I am very blessed, actually, that I've got a garden, which I can volunteer to work in if I want. I don't have to also, so I can appreciate something and not have the work and responsibility. I've got the choice. It'll be so interesting to have a walk round, because I know even when I came last time and I just got a glimpse of it, you know, there was a lot of really good planting and great stuff for bees and all that. It's going to be really lovely to visit it next week. Absolutely. The funny thing was, with my leaving my garden, I took my lawnmower and put it in mm-hmm. storage. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a garden, but I put it in storage because I felt very sad about leaving my lawnmower, and I really liked it. So... I thought, well, actually, I do love this little lawnmower. So even if I never use it again, there's a love there and it might prove useful for something. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jane, now, if I said that to you, I think I'm going to try it now. Anyway, I've got I've got no lawn, but I've got this lovely lawnmower and I've. I'm just going to keep it because it's such a nice little lawnmower and, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I really like it. What do you think, Jane? I think, um, I think that's a really lovely thing to do, Esther, that you've, <laughs> that you've honoured the lawnmower by treasuring it and keeping it in storage in a, in a, in a treasured place. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could use it to, you know, you might find someone with a very long beard and um, a very long head of hair and you could just try it out on them. You could lie them flat (laughs) on the ground then you could just run it over them. (laughs) Well, I thought I could mow the lawn in the gardens, the community gardens. Oh! They're not really community gardens, they're communal gardens, uh, which is a different thing. What does that mean then? Well, the shared gardens, a community garden, I suppose, is something like you do, where all the community comes in. These are communal gardens for the flats, the surrounding flats. Of course they are, yes. But I'd have to have a very long lead, and I'd have to go over the street into somebody's house because it's a plug-in one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Maybe I can get it out of storage and offer to mow the lawn. I mean, it's very big, the lawn, so it would take me a long time to do it. I don't think that long lead's going to go from up your flat all the way to the, co- the communal <laughs> garden. <laughs> anyway, that was my that was my silly bit of hoarding. But I said to the removal mm. men, "Don't tell Dylan, my son, that I'm taking this because he would have been fuming." <laughs> but you know what? Even Dylan might like that lawnmower one day. Well, exactly, exactly. That's what I thought. If he gets a little lawn. But it's it's funny how you were so attached to that lawnmower. I'm surprised, Jane. Especially because you gave me your cuckoo clock. Well, I just I just loved it, and I just found it really, really calming and zen to mow the lawn. Just a really lovely thing. And I thought, oh well, if I, I do ever get a lawn again, or like you say, if Dylan gets a lawn, I think I would enjoy going round and just doing that lawn mowing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you could get yourself a local lawn mowing job in, you know, people's gardens. Jane the lawnmower. I'd love that. Well, if you like lawn mowing, it's something to think about in the future. (laughs) I would love to to do that for an older person who perhaps couldn't do it anymore for themselves. I'd do it for free. I'd be happy to do it. 
Oh, well, there you go. You might have a few inquiries. <laughs> and then you'll be in the papers. People will be talking about Jane Horrocks, new job, new career, lawnmower, takes, <laughs> does it for free, helping the elderly and people in Brighton. Yes. You could have your own pageant at the Brighton Carnival. It'll all be just covered in grass and you'll be peeking out between the blades. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh. Now, um, just changing the subject. Well, not changing the subject because we're still talking about gardens. I believe mm-hmm. that you went to the Chelsea Flower Show. Yes, I went to the Chelsea Flower Show, Jane, and it was absolutely lovely and very inspiring. Was it? For me, you know, I've been concentrating a lot on my plant wall that I've been mm-hmm. uh, growing over the studio. And um, so because it's a shady area with a little bit of sun, I've been looking at shady plants, which I've never really... I've been in shady denial about my garden for a long time, but I'm embracing it now. Anyway, there were so many shady plants at Chelsea. It was just really lovely and very subdued in many ways, which I thought sort of reflected the times that we're in. What do you mean what do you mean subdued? I've been before and it's all brightly coloured, loads of, you know, colourful flowers and all this, but it was more a lot of it as we know from you know, you've probably seen the winners and all that sort of thing but there was a lot of returning to nature there was a feeling of like you know going down dingley dells and there was this iron sculpture thing or vertical gardening with lots of fern planting almost like you could imagine you're in the peak district or something like that i felt that it was it was sort of some of the gardens were saying you know just appreciate the lovely greenness that we have in this country Right. Oh, interesting. Interesting. You know, so there was a lovely bee garden. It had lots of bee-friendly flowers and there was some lovely planting with lots of bee-friendly stuff. Was there a big concentration on bee-friendly stuff then this year? There was a lovely big solitary bee house, which was beautiful. And I saw Nicola from Bees for Development, which was such a joy to see her. Mm. Um, And I went to her stall and because it was on the press day, you know, it was quite quiet. We were chatting and then she was... I think she won a silver medal for her stand, Bees for Development, and it was amazing. And she said, you must go and see this wonderful solitary bee sculpture in this bee garden. So we went down there, but there'd been an incident. There'd been an incident with Ainsley Harriet. A sister had fallen into the water feature. (laughs) How had she done that? I think she'd just, you know, step back. I mean, it was easy in, you know, in these show gardens. They're not that big. And, there's, you know, they're, mm. they're inviting a crowd of people into this bee garden and she'd oh, fallen gosh. in. So I didn't oh. actually go into that show garden. But I had mm. a wonderful time. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it's always lovely to go there. And it's, it's so inspiring. And when I got home, I thought, oh, I'm quite on trend with my plant box wall, you know, with all the ferns and yes. the harucha. Um, and all the lovely the lovely grasses. It was very much like that. So um, I saw the plant box people and I said, I love you. And then Ooh. I walked off. And did they say we love you back? They just looked at me and sort of, you know, laughed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, well, um, I'm, glad, I'm glad it made you feel on trend and that you were, you were up to the minute. I know, I did, yes. So, but, you know, it was all, all very nice and... 
the gold winner was was very much you could have taken the um you could have taken it straight out of a a wildlife garden with a shed and you know a stream and it was just really saying you know let's let's really appreciate wildlife and nature um oh. and maybe move away from these more organized gardens that aren't always the right habitat for for nature so it was really it was wonderful it was great we'll have to go next year So I'm talking about bees, how are your bees, S? Well, all going good. Um, everything's, you know, very good. Um, you know, the wood greeners from last year who have yeah. swarmed quite a few times. Uh, so we've got three colonies now. They're really building up lovely, lots of spring honey. That's all good. And then, so I've got a swarm in the garden you know, because I've got my lovely new hive from Beekeeping Supplies yes. um, that we got when we went to the trade fair, which is so yes. nice, a lovely cedar hive. So I got my swarm and I put them in. I didn't put the whole set of frames in because I'd run out of wax foundation because I'm using all new stuff now all the time. You know, I'm not using any old brood frames yeah, or good, anything. Good. Even yeah. though I know I haven't got any disease from last season. But I only put a few frames in and I put a dummy board. And anyway, it was silly of me. So I started them off with some sugar solution, as I think I told you last time. Mm. And they've really built up. But they've, guess where? They haven't built on the frames. They've, they've built in the little space that didn't have any frames in. <laughs> so now... I love it. I love it. <laughs> they've just built wild comb in the small space that was available. Uh, oh, funny. Aren't they funny? <laughs> yes. So what I've done, the entrance at the front of the hive, it was a small entrance to the right of the hive. So the right if you're looking at that if you're looking at the brood box, it was to the right hand side. So all they were doing, it was my own silly fault, they were going in through the hole and then into the slight empty space that I'd put and the frames were on the other side so they didn't go to that other side so what I've done is I've just changed the entrance round so now hopefully they'll go in where all the brood frames are and they'll start building on there because that's the the um the nearest part for them to sort of deliver to good thinking hopefully they'll just fill out and then once they've got back to the entrance and they've filled up all those brood frames the brood will be nearer the entrance and the honey will then start to be at the back where the old entrance was. And then what I can do is then take out the wild comb and put some more frames in. So it should all work out, hopefully. All right, yeah, yes. We've still got all the lime to come. There's loads of blackberries. I mean, they're all over the blackberries. There's so many blackberries all around, all blackberry flowers. Yes. There's lots of forage, lots of blackberry forage out for them at the moment. And they're just so busy. So all good. Oh, Very exciting. I can't wait for you to come and do the bees. Um, what I was going to ask you about, about swarms, you know, when mm. you say the wood greeners swarmed and you keep mm. catching them when they swarm, don't you, and then taking them back. Yeah. Do you think they think, oh, we're back here again? We just want to leave here. Why do you keep catching us and taking us back? We just want to escape. Well, <laughs> good question. Now, I did bring one of the swarms down to my garden. 
So they've got a bit of change of scenery. Um, But the others, you know, when they've swarmed, they've only swarmed like they swarmed onto a bush just like a few metres away from the hive. So while they're waiting, do you remember, they come out the hive, they swarm on a bush, and do you remember what they do? They're like, it's like they're on holiday and they're just thinking, great, change of scene, let's get yeah. our um, sunbathing gear on, let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's get our little deck chairs out mm-hmm. and, and just have a nice time. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to stay in that swarm, are they? What are they doing there, do you remember? Give me a clue. Bees don't like rain. So if they've mm. just swarmed onto a bush, what are they? Mm. where have they got to go? Where are they going? They're going into shelter. Yeah. <laughs> they're looking for something. They, they, you've they're just lo- done they're looking, it. They're looking for a little uh, a home. They're looking for a home in the tree. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got there in the end. So that's right. So they swarm, they land on the bush, and then from that bush... The little scout bees go out and they go start looking for for places to to go. So yeah. you know, they might find the places that they like are you know they'd like a hole in a tree, but they also would be happy to to land in somebody's chimney or mm-hmm. even you know remember I think I told you about once a guy called me because they'd landed in his um, Fortnum and Mason's hamper in his garden that he left out yes and they've gone there so they've chosen that <laughs> hamper box instead of a hole in a tree so you know maybe they might swarm back into an empty hive they don't always go to the obvious place which is a tree where you think oh they're wild they'll go to a tree they, they can they're, they're just looking for some sort of container which they feels good so when they when they swarm into a bush why can't they just make their home in the bush well, because there could be a bear that's nearby and that bear... Not in just... England. Well, there could be another predator, couldn't there? There could be... Um, what else likes honey? There could be a person like you who would climb up and just go, oh, I'm just going to knock these bees off and, you know, eat all the honey. Right, so a bush would just be too exposed. It would be. I mean, sometimes... I remember, don't you remember when we had Big mm. Reeves on the podcast? He said he'd got one, a colony that had survived in his conifer tree and it was in the dense undergrowth and the, the comb was exposed, but it was sort of in the tree. Now, that can happen, especially if the conifer's really dense and thick and it's that's yeah. like a roof. But in the end, they are still slightly vulnerable, maybe to, I don't know maybe magpies or crows up there but really they want to be in a hollow a safe space where nothing can no paws can get in no little horrocks hands can get in there and grab the honey easily yes yes once i had a swarm and it landed on my friend's apple tree and actually it stayed there for a whole week and when it went it flew off eventually it um, left like a little bit of comb in the apple tree, you know, so they were obviously straight away trying to make a little home there, but they did actually swarm off after about a week. But it was interesting. Yeah. Well, that is interesting. And I, I think that's that's that good answer, Esther. Good answer. <laughs> on Monday, we're going, to, we're going to one of the Firmdale hotels, aren't we, to do a Queen Bee's session and i'm going to be asking you lots of these types of questions you you know how are you going to prepare for these questions <laughs> do you think you better wear a clown's outfit for this event 
Oh, a dunce's outfit with a big D on top. <laughs> well, it could be. You, yeah, you could. When you don't know the answer, maybe you could put, um, you know, one of the uh, cocktail glasses on your head or even an ice bucket. <laughs> I know, but it would be permanently on my head then because I won't know anything. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll just be saying, for God's sake, Jean, they've got I've been doing here. this now for two years. Maybe we should have Tom and he, or maybe I could have an earpiece and Tom could be feeding me the answers. I'm going to ask you some tough questions like, you know, wax facts and see if you've remembered some of those things. Go on, try me now. Okay, so wax has been used for many, many years. Before we had books and paper, what did monks used to write messages on? On wax. (laughs) I mean, that was was such a funny question. I can't say that. That's too easy because I didn't want you to fail. I'm not going to say that. You, if I polish up on my question asking, you better do a bit of revising so we don't look daft. I can just interview like you like I normally do. <laughs> so, Esther, I shall see you next week in Brighton in my new home and I'm going to make you a lovely lasagna, an mm. Ottolenghi mushroom lasagna. And, oh. um, and um, as I promised, as, as, as was the promise... I'll take you into my communal gardens. Ooh, I'll take you into my communal gardens. Ooh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> I'll wear my special outfit for that. Yes. Yeah, well, I'll see you before that at uh, Hamyard Hotel for our very nice Queen Bees interview, which hopefully will be the first of our world tour. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Lots of lovely things to look forward to. Bye, bye. Love you. I love you very much. I love you much, Lee. Bye. Bye. And I'll call you up whenever I'm feeling down. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton, Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy May Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from the hive. Queen Bees is a hat trick podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.